Hey guys, welcome to the Filterless Conversations podcast. My name is Katie Thomas, and if you're listening, today we are going to be talking just one-on-one, just me and you, the listener, about the importance of invitation and some things that I've been thinking about lately, my filterless, uncut, raw opinions, also making up for my episode that did not come out last Thursday, because let me tell you, last Thursday was hectic. But if you want to stay tuned to talk about the importance of invitation as Christians, then keep listening to today's episode. Like I said, welcome back to the Filterless Conversations podcast. My name's Katie, and I honestly had, like, the longest weekend last weekend. Um, It wasn't just my weekend. It was, like, my Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So can I just start this podcast off by telling you guys about my Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Because it was crazy, guys. It was absolutely insane. Essentially, here's how it started with debate. Now, debate is like my frenemy. It's my friend, but it's also my enemy. And I tweeted something. I'm not, I don't have a very funny Twitter, guys, but I tweeted something. I was very proud of myself. I said, you know, debate is a lot like being in purgatory. Not that purgatory is real or anything. Sorry if I offended you Catholic listeners. But I imagine that being in debate is a lot like being in purgatory because you're not quite, it's not quite like heaven. It's not quite like hell. There's nothing natural about it on earth. And you keep asking yourself and you keep asking God the question, why am I here? And for me, I'm reminded by, you know, the fact I'm on scholarship here and a lot of reasons I'm in debate. But I often have this conversation with myself and it started with we had our state tournament this weekend. So we left on Thursday and we had just such a busy Thursday night. We were at our coach's parents' house eating dinner. I felt really bad for the bus driver we took a bus he was just kind of there the whole time awkwardly looking around our debate coach's house it was really sad but all that to say that I did not have time to record a Thursday podcast um I did not have time to get my friends together to read the second chapter of wildflowers in the wind so unfortunately that did not get posted it is coming out this week guys I am excited for you to hear more about my cringy stories but I'm going to be honest today, as I'm just kind of recording to you, you know, one-on-one, you and I, you listener. Um, I've been struggling lately. Can we be, can I be honest with you for a second? I've been hardcore struggling because, you know, I love college life, but this semester has been very drastically different from last semester. Like last semester feels like it was years ago. I feel like I've been in college forever. I've only been here for like five months, maybe six. So let me explain what I mean by struggling. They tell you, you you know, you're going to make so many friends in college, so many friends. You're just going to have like just thousands, you know? And what, what they don't prepare you for in college that I wish they did was when second semester hits, your friends completely change. Like we're talking first semester last, which was my last semester, I knew so many people in my dorm. I knew, you know, people from other dorms. I just had a bunch of friends. Mid-semester, last semester, things started to change. 
Not that this really has any impact on last semester, but, you know, I got a boyfriend, which was fantastic. Love him. Even though he makes fun of me on this podcast, I swear he's such one of the sweetest guys ever. But things began to change. And my friend group began to narrow down into, you know, a cohesive few. Well, over break, you know, I didn't see those people for a month. When I got back from break, things were a lot different with my friend group. And I'm going to use the word group even though a lot of people from my friend group don't like that word. Because I began to realize that there's this trend. And I don't really know if it's me or what it is. But I just don't feel like I'm invited to very many things. And I love my friends to death. I truly do. I have really no animosity towards them. But I've just noticed that. I typically end up being the friend who's not invited to things. I don't know if you listening to the podcast feel that way or not. If you do, then perfect. We can struggle in this together. But I oftentimes don't feel like I'm invited to very many things. Like to watch movies with groups of girls. To go out and get coffee and do these things. And in my friend group, I really started to struggle because, you know, I love my boyfriend to death. I, you know, he's sweet. But... There's something about having a solid set of friends who are girls who you're still really close with. And this semester, I have, you know, began to feel that change and go away where the other girls are close and then I'm just there whenever I'm there. And so I've been struggling, guys, to adapt to that. And I think that's because in high school, you know, I looked forward to coming to college because I thought, you know, things are going to be different in college. Things are going to change. I'm not going to be lonely anymore because when I was in high school, guys, it was insane. I I mean, the same kind of thing happened. My freshman year, I knew tons of upperclassmen that I was friends with. And then um, slowly, because of the environment I was in, I began to lose friends because the people I was surrounded with in the high school debate community were toxic, would not recommend being around them. And their life and ideology didn't inform mine. or, or you know, didn't, It's not that it didn't inform mine. It just didn't help bring a solid foundation to mine. And I know I'm talking really fast. So I'll just side note, if I'm talking really fast, like turn the playback speed down on like Spotify or something. But this semester has been hard. I've been struggling because I find myself in my dorm a lot alone. I have to go seek out other people to talk to them. No one really seeks out my company So I was thinking to myself, I was sulking to myself um, about how, you know, no one wants to hang out with you, Katie. Like, why is that? And for a while, I started to wonder if it was because, you know, I'm very strong in what I believe in and kind of the typical story that I've always faced through my life, which is, as you can, if you go back through my earlier episodes, you can easily figure out, is that I like talking about politics. I like talking about deep religious concepts. But I'm also a debater, which means that not a lot of people enjoy talking about those things to me or with me. And it's hard because I'm also in a debate community where that is absolutely shut down. Guys, when I say the debate community is toxic, I am not kidding. You have people who just everybody cohesively decided one day that conservatives were not allowed. And that conservatives couldn't express their opinions unless their judges vote them down. I had a judge this weekend vote me down on a resolution because the alleged side of the resolution I was holding was racist, even though I don't agree with that. And didn't even like judge the debate based on the merits of the debate, just voted based on the resolution we were debating, which is insane. So because I'm constantly around that, you know, I don't have support there. 
and I don't have support amongst my friends. So I've, I've always felt like I'm in this middle ground. Once again, welcome to purgatory, friendship, purgatory, debate, purgatory. I'm just kind of in the middle. But as I'm soaking to myself, I hope this makes sense. As I'm soaking to myself, I realize that being having an invitation is not necessarily the like greatest thing in the world. And I know that seems counterintuitive to what I was soaking about to begin with, but I realized that you I shouldn't be relying on an invitation to have my joy. And when I say I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to you today about this topic, I fully mean it. Guys, Christians, fellow women who feel like they are constantly alone and isolated, especially in their head. Let me tell you something today. You don't need the invitation of your friends to find, va- to find value and worth. You don't need the invitation of your friends to give you validation. You don't need the invitation of your friends. Now, is being invited places nice? Yes, I would love if my friends would invite me to more things and invite me to hang out with them cohesively as a group. That would be fantastic. I love my friends, by the way. But I found that I was starting to make my joy intrinsic in the fact of if my friends wanted to hang out with me, which was really hard because on the one hand, I would talk to Connor. If you don't know who that is, that's my boyfriend. And he would remind me that my friends love me and they ask about me when I'm gone on these debate trips. But the thing was, I didn't feel that because I wasn't getting an invitation. Like having my friends ask about me to my boyfriend when I'm gone, well, that's great, but there was no invitation. You know, I walk in, everybody in my friend group's watching a movie, but I'm not and I wasn't doing anything, you know. They can say that they wanted me there, but there was no invitation. And I think that so many of us have friends who love us dearly, but we need an invitation in order to sometimes feel that value and worth. And I'm not saying that invitations aren't nice. And I'm not saying you shouldn't invite your friends to do stuff. And I'm not even calling out my friends when I say this on my podcast. What I want to bring your attention to is that your validation, your joy, what makes you who you are is not found in if somebody decides, hey, let's invite this person. And that's hard for somebody like me who finds themselves alone a lot, who finds themselves in their head a lot, who finds themselves in their room because their old roommate decided to leave. And I don't blame her, honestly. So she's got her own room and she's sitting in here. You know, it's not it's not found girls in somebody else. One of the biggest things I think there's two things I really want you to take away from this podcast episode. But the first one is that your joy is not found in an invitation from friends. It's found in an invitation from somebody else. Now I'm preaching to myself here because I know I need to work on this. God knows I need to work on this. But the only invitation that matters in your life, the only invitation that can ever give you worth and validation and joy and love and peace and everything you need is the invitation to step into God's kingdom and into a life with Christ, with a friend that's going, and not just a friend, but a savior who's going to give you an invitation into eternal life if you just turn to him. And I'm not just talking about a salvation turn. Because yeah, when we first get saved, yes, that's turning and entering that walk in that life and that journey. But how many times do we go throughout our day with, we're saying we're a Christian, we are a Christian, we undoubtedly love the Lord, but we still are looking for invitations from other people. We still are looking for validation from other people. 
we still are looking for that text message saying, hey, let's still go hang out or something like that. Or you're looking through your Snapchat in a group chat and you're seeing all your friends hang out except for you. And you're just thinking, gosh, if I was only there, if I was only invited. How many times do we weigh our significance and our worth in that rather than recognizing that we have the only invitation we need extended to us always? And that is to enter the presence of God, to enter the court and his kingdom and his love, even in a moment. To say, hey, in this moment, I need an invitation. I need to be reminded that I'm loved. Who am I going to go to? You know, are you going to go and look at your phone and scroll through social media thinking, well, maybe somebody will message me. Maybe somebody will want to hang out. Or are you going to say, you know what? I know the one who wants to hang out with me all the time. I know the one who is so omnipresent with everybody. He wants to walk with everybody an open invitation to everybody at the same time, and it blows my mind. But how many times do we ask that question to ourselves? I know for me, I will be sitting in our school cafeteria, and I will turn to Connor, and I will be like, I feel neglected. Just straight up. And I can have reasons. I can have tears in my eyes. I can sit there silent at dinner, and nobody will talk to me. Nobody will answer my conversation topics, and I'm not saying be selfish or anything, but I can say I feel neglected. But the minute that I let that define if I'm neglected as a person or not, is meant I start to spiral down the self-pity, the self-pity road. Nobody needs to feel neglected when they have the one invitation and the one thing they will ever need extended to them on a cross before they were ever born. I'm preaching to myself here. But here's the thing. Invitations carry weight. And because they carry weight, it's important that we extend them as Christians. So let me, let me say this. You should not rely on an invitation from somebody else to feel your validation. But in terms of how we express Christ's love, it's important that we invite people into his presence. Because where I shouldn't have to rely on somebody to say, hey, let's hang out. There are people out there who they're never going to experience the love of Christ and what it is like to be in his presence if somebody doesn't say, hey, will you come? So something that frustrates me, although I shouldn't have just validation strictly from an invitation because people are like, oh, they want to hang out with you. So therefore I have worth, even though that's not what I want you to think. I will be sitting with Connor and it drives me insane, guys, like drives me absolutely bonkers because he'll tell me all the time. Well, you need to tell people how you feel. You need to tell people you want to hang out. And the thing for me is that I, I feel like I do enough. But I want people to want me, right? That's the feeling I get. So imagine the unbeliever who wants to feel wanted and doesn't understand that there's an invitation open to them from a community of believers and a God that loves them. 
If I can barely bring myself to ask my Bible-believing friends to hang out with me or, hey, can I join you? How much worse do you think it is when there are individuals out there who don't know the Lord and aren't receiving that invitation? Are you inviting people? And I'm not asking like a like a pastor who's like, oh, invite people to church, which that's great and all. But are you actually inviting people into the presence of God? I'll tell you, I read an invitation on Instagram the other day from somebody who goes to my school and I was blown away by the boldness of it. Absolutely floored and not in like a bad way. Like I am like extremely proud of this individual I barely know because she posted on her Instagram. She goes, hey, who wants to talk about Jesus? Coffee is on me. She literally posted, DM me if you want to go have coffee and talk about Jesus. I will pay for the coffee. Invited people. Has thousands of followers. Invited people. Absolutely amazing. Like, I could feel like the welcomingness just from her Instagram post. Now, I don't know how many people did ask. I don't know the story behind it. I don't know anything. But the invitation was powerful because she's saying, come talk to me about this Jesus that I know loves you. She goes, it doesn't matter if you're a believer, an unbeliever, don't know, have questions, doesn't matter. Let's go talk. How many of us know that there are individuals out there who don't have the strength to just go up and say, hey, can I come to church with you? Hey, can I go to this worship service with you? If you go to SBU, hey, can I go to Locomente with you? How many of us know that there are individuals out there who don't have the courage to ask to go? Because they're afraid of somebody saying no or feeling like a burden or feeling like they don't belong. I feel that way with my own friend group. How do you think an unbeliever is going to feel about the kingdom of God? So believers, number one, don't let somebody inviting you into their group dictate your value and worth because you have an invitation from the Lord. But don't take that invitation and hold it and like hold it for granted, keep it for granted and take it for granted. Don't think that just because you've been invited and all of a sudden you have value worth in the Lord that you just get to keep that to yourself. Even though you don't have to rely on others inviting you to hang out with their group, invite unbelievers and believers who are struggling into the presence of God with you. Because how many of us know that when we start inviting people and understanding that the idea of invitation is important, that other people will do the same. It's got to start somewhere, ladies. And you know what? I'll be fair. Gentlemen who are listening to, it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start with someone. It doesn't matter whether you feel invited or not. Are you inviting people into the love and grace of Jesus that you were invited to first? The first invitation anybody ever needed was Jesus saying, come, follow me. And I want to give you an instance of where this happened in the Bible. And I want to explain why invitation is so important. None of us who are listening or talking today, when I I say we talking, I mean me talking at the moment, none of us would be Christians if it weren't for invitation. The original invitation was when Jesus went up to his disciples and the people who followed him and said, follow me. He picked tax collectors. He picked fishermen. He picked sinners. He picked all different types of people, but he said, follow me. Then he gave a great commission that's talked about at the end of the gospels to go and make disciples, to go and spread the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ. What exactly does that mean? One might say, well, that just means for them to go start telling people about Jesus. 
which is not entirely wrong, but it's, it's more than that. The disciples were commissioned to give an invitation to join the kingdom and to once again follow Christ. Christ gave the original invitation to which the disciples extended that invitation. They said, be my plus one into the kingdom of God, only there are no limits to the plus ones that can come. There's no limits. Everybody is welcome. I'm extending an invitation to you to one of the greatest, and not one of the greatest, the greatest rather, the greatest thing that you can ever experience. It's like being invited to one of the best parties on the block, only it's everybody and it's eternal life. Now I want you to think about this concept for a second. The disciples went out. They were baptized with fire. They were speaking tongues. They were speaking in languages that literally they did not know. To the point where people were like, hey, are they are they tipping back some bottles? Are they drinking? It's really early in the day. Which I think, it's not funny, but I think it's so fascinating. The fact that, I believe it was Peter who got up and was like, these men aren't drunk. It's too early. I don't remember what time it was, but he's like, it's only so-and-so hour in the day. But these people, they were commissioned and gifted to go out and extend the invitation that Christ originally gave to these disciples to follow me. So when the disciples went out and they began to baptize people and those people began to dedicate their lives to Christ, what were they commissioned with? Hey, extend the invitation. Extend the invitation to the kingdom of God. Don't just go tell people about Jesus. Go invite people into the kingdom of God because there's a weight to what invitation looks like. So people began to go out and they began to invite others into the kingdom. Do you want eternal life? I know where eternal life comes from. Do you want to know what it's like to live in peace? Because I know where peace comes from. Do you want to know what true love looks like? Because I know what true love looks like. True love looks like my God. Do you want to know what truth is? I know exactly what truth looks like and I know where it comes from. Do you want to know what it's like to never be hungry and never be thirsty and to have purpose for your life? I know and I invite you to live that life with me. That's what the disciples did. And when the disciples extended that invitation to hundreds and thousands of others, those people then began to extend that invitation. Think about how you came to know Christ. Think about who invited you and then who invited them. It's almost as if it's a family tree. You think about who got with who and married who or had who and the way that that branches out. Think about that, but in terms of your faith, who invited who, that invited who, that then invited who, that brought this person, that brought this person into the kingdom of God. If it's not for invitation, nobody, including myself, would understand what it's like to have the grace of God in their life and the love of Jesus Christ in enduring and everlasting way. But it starts with the only invitation that can give you validation, worth, and purpose. The only one. I'm not going to find purpose and value if my friends say, hey, let's go see this movie in my room. You know, it's, I don't know, that new P.S. I Love You part two, one that came out in Netflix. Yeah, that's that's one that came out recently. I was going to say Sonic the Hedgehog, but honestly, guys, I kind of enjoyed that movie. So anyway, it's not my validation is not going to be found in, hey, do you want to go see Sonic the Hedgehog? Because even though I might feel excited in that moment and I will, I might even go and I might feel validated. People want to hang out with me. I'm going to leave that encounter feeling lonely again, sitting in my dorm room or sitting somewhere thinking, well, now what? I'm alone now. But when Christ gives the invitation that is extended to you through a lot of people, inviting a lot of people, inviting more people. When you are alone or when you're with people. 
The purpose and the validation and the value that you are a beloved child of God follows you everywhere. And that's what matters. That's the kind of thing that sticks with you and changes your life. So are you extending that invitation to others? Are you extending and saying, hey, let's go do this one little thing? Or are you saying, hey, I know a God who loves you. And if you're extending it to a believer, like this isn't just something for unbelievers. Like, I mean, if you have somebody you see as alone and you want to read the Bible or you want to go worship, are you saying, hey, do you want to come with me and enter the presence of God together as community? For the Bible says, where two or more gathered in my name, there I shall be. Are you inviting people into prayer? Are you checking up with individuals? Are you inviting them to be walking through life with you in a way that's going to bring people closer to Christ? That's the invitation that matters. So you've received the invitation, if you're a Christian, to enter God's kingdom and to enter that relationship. It's the only invitation you'll ever need. But are you doing what you should be doing as a messenger and carrying that invitation to somebody else and inviting them to the only thing that they'll ever need to be invited to? Because there's a difference between being alone and feeling lonely. And there are individuals out there who feel lonely all the time who are not being asked these questions. I know an individual who, actually I know several individuals who talking about faith was not something that they did very often growing up with people. Why? Because no one invited them to. So they're not open about it. And they don't know, it's not that they don't know how to talk about it, but it's not something that's usual or normal. Is that the kind of community we want to live in? The kind where talking about faith is almost taboo? Because I know, I know for sure that's not going to be the kingdom of God. You have to think, who invited who invited who invited who? And who are you going to invite next? And then who are they going to invite? Are you going to be a part of that branching out of the kingdom of God and spreading that invitation? Or are you going to hold that inside to yourself? Are you going to be a broken vessel? Or are you just going to be a pot that keeps filling up with water that never pours out any as a testimony? Because for me, yeah, sometimes I sit and I think to myself, nobody wants to hang out with me. Nobody wants to be around me. I feel bad for myself. I have pity for myself. It's hard, guys. It's been hard adapting this semester. I've told many people that. But I have to remind myself consciously that I've received and taken up the only invitation I'll ever need. And I have a responsibility instead of wallowing in my self-pity to say, you know what? There's something bigger at play here. Because one day I can promise you that as a foreigner on this earth in this life right now, one day when we're on the other side, There will be no loneliness. There will be no lacking of love. There will be no feeling of such. There will be community in God's kingdom and God's presence. And that is something that is very comforting to me. But the question is, until we get to that day, what are you doing? As somebody who wants to enter ministry and is going to enter ministry, I have to ask, who am I inviting? Who am I saying, do you know Jesus to? I don't mean in a cheesy, corny way, like, you know, just 
I mean, I always hear people who are just like, oh, I just don't know how to walk up to an individual and be like, do you know Jesus, Lord, our Christ and Savior? Which I'm not, I'm not doubting anybody who does that. But I mean, are you inviting people to do life with you and to learn what Christ's love looks like through you? You know, something that I admire about an individual in my life is they say, they told me once, if I can bring at least one individual to know Christ in my life, I will have done my job. Whether it be one or tens of thousands, are you extending an invitation? I like the story of Robbie Zacharias. Um, and I don't know names very well because it's been a while since I've read the story. But I remember Robbie Zacharias talks about how somebody gave him a Bible. And that him having that encounter with Christ led to what he does now and runs an international ministry. Think about how if that individual hadn't invited Ravi Zacharias into the kingdom, if somebody hadn't invited Billy Graham, whether their parents did it or somebody else, to any leader out there who is running a ministry or to the individual who is raising their kids in their household and shepherding them to love the Lord, if they didn't say, hey, this is for you too. There is a seat at the table for you too. If the disciples had said, nah, we're going to keep this to ourselves. If Paul had said, nah, prison's too hard. I'm just going to sit here and sulk. If Billy Graham had said, you know what? No. I'm not going to invite all these people. Would you be a Christian either? And even inviting fellow believers to things can strengthen their faith. I know had my mom not invited my dad to church or had and and my mom not invited me to go to the church we go to now, even after we're all Christians, faith wouldn't be strengthened and God wouldn't be working the way he is. So I got one minute left, guys, and I wanna I wanna go back over these two things. Do not let people in your life inviting you to the mundane life things dictate if you're valued or not, or if you're loved or not, understand that you have the only invitation you need from God. And I know I'm beating this like a dead horse, but I hope you walk out listening today, understanding that you are loved and that God loves you. And I'm inviting you now to step into the life that God called you to live in. Because like I said, secondly, everybody deserves an invitation. And it's our job once we're invited to continue inviting because it is the only invitation we need and that anybody will ever need to truly understand what it's like to feel loved and cherished and have joy. Thanks for listening to the Filterless Conversations podcast, guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. Stay thriving and spicy and all things good. God bless.